This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello, yay, enemies. Another episode jam-packed. One of my old school Chicago friends. I am Lisa Traeger. I am your host. Um, I actually just went on because I was like, I wonder if there are any reviews. And I went on. So many nice reviews. Holy shit. You guys are so kind. And I'm so happy that you're enjoying it. And it really makes my life. So thank you so much. And this episode is just like mind blowing. So I'm really, really excited. I do want to just do some announcements on top. July 20th or like through the 31st, I'm going to be at JFL Montreal. So if you're in Montreal, I'm going to legit be there for like two weeks doing the nasty show and my podcast. That's messed up an SVU podcast. But I will be doing stand up with other incredible nasty, nasty comics doing the nasty show. So I'll be in Montreal. Also, August 12th and 13th, I'll be in San Diego for shows at Mike Drop Comedy Club. So just want to throw that out there as well. Come see me live. You know, I love performing and doing comedy. Um, and I don't do any jokes about like guns or abortion or anything so if you just want to like hear me talk about my pussy and my dad and being an immigrant it's the show for you um honestly everything is really terrible and there's no reason to pretend it's not and i was at a bar and the bartender was like making jello shots for the fourth of july and she said something like is there even a reason to celebrate and i went very mr rogers on her and i went everything is terrible but maybe we can celebrate the people that are trying to make it better and have been working really hard i know it's really easy for us and i do this too I'm very guilty of like um, a cause or something happens and then we get so gung-ho but we have to remember there are people that have been working on the ground boots on the ground for years known about this and like we have to um, kind of I, I was about to say give up our control but like we don't even have control over our bodies how much more control can we give up but like make sure we're not it's not on fully us you know it's our job to help support the people who really know what's going on and have been doing these things it's really frustrating that people are just like just vote or travel state lines I mean I did this last week um since then you know there's been uh <laughs> just a lot of stuff so what has gotten me through is laying in my bed smoking weed. So that's been uh, something. So is that something new that I can recommend to you guys? I've also been putting myself out there. I have been feeling like lonely and LA just gets me down at times. And so I've really forced myself to like say yes to plans, uh, reach out to people, go, hey, you mentioned that you're doing this thing. Can I stop by and really putting myself out there? So I've had just really good friend hang and moments and I feel really lucky for that and I feel lucky that I get to perform at a comedy club that I'm obsessed with at the comedy store if you want to see me there I am there often always the last one there I always want to party and everyone's like we have work tomorrow thank you bye we're cast um no I, I made it seem like they whatever I this is early for me I had to wake up at nine <laughs> in the morning to do an interview actually promoting the nasty show so 
um, this is early for me. Or is it because I smoke too much weed at night and so I wake up groggy? I don't know. Will I take a nap or will I push myself, take a walk, go get coffee and work at a coffee shop and live my full you've got mail fantasy? Does that even happen and you've got mail? What am I saying or doing? What's also horrific is as I tape this, I'm looking at my laptop and the desktop is just filled with all of my auditions so it's like I just see my face in all these different outfits and ways trying to get apart and failing so that's really funny to watch for me I'm still living out of suitcases I'm looking at a lot of garbage in the kitchen which is attached to my bed why am I talking honestly I have nothing to say I really don't and I have to kind of acknowledge that at times I'm like looking at the calendar I'm like I'm sure I've had more fun oh I went to a rooftop pool so that's really cool maybe if you want to do that that'll make you feel better listen this episode's awesome I'm gonna stop talking I don't feel like there was any depth or anything or maybe there was you guys seem to like me and you're creating a monster will i eat this dick edible i have a little bit left of a dick edible just little balls just little balls um okay i'm about to puke so i'm gonna start this (laughs) this is my friend he does not make me puke i'm obsessed with him we're gonna get into all our brackets and how we know each other from chicago and all these memories but he's an incredibly insightful thought-provoking person really patient lots of research does the work um and also disgustingly keeps his ketchup room temperature i hate that he has done this undertaking for the past like five or six years time is weird he has done a podcast about alex jones and investigating and catching him in all his lies and he's become this professional about alex jones and so this is his journey to be able like through alex jones knowledge to finally be like helping the prosecution in the lawsuits with like information and inconsistencies and lies and he it's just like really incredible um what he's been able to do by himself he's like editing the podcast he's taping them all he's doing the research he's doing the reading he's watching these shows and doing the podcast so it's really incredible his podcast is called knowledge fight do you get it like Infowars? i didn't get it he says it later um but i hope you enjoy it's a uh, my friend dan friesen We had a really good time. Let me know how you feel. And please call in with all of your problems. Honey, we need more. Um, Thank you so much. And I hope this intro wasn't too Mark Marin like self-indulgent. And I really apologize if it was. But he's also rich. And I'm trying to get rich. And maybe that means just blabbing to yourself up top about the mess in your house. Like you think you're unique. Enjoy this episode with Dan Friesen. Hello, Dan. Hey, so happy that you're here. I'm thrilled. Uh, now I do see condiments on your table. Uh, did you just yeah. eat? Is that all the time? It, it's uh, definitely an all the time thing. I have quite a selection. I have ketchup here, of course. Some sriracha. Uh, three different kinds of pepper flakes. No, what's upsetting me is you don't refrigerate your ketchup. Oh, that, it's it's not necessary. You know, I always thought it you needed to, but uh, if you go to like a diner or something like that, they just got the ketchup sitting out on the table. It's fine. I can't believe you don't want refrigerated ketchup. <laughs> I think I think it's better cold for sure, but it's convenient if it's just sitting on my desk. Damn! How often are you flaking the pepper flakes? 
Um, quite a bit, quite a bit. You know, frozen pizzas. You need to you need to kick them up a little bit. So I've got the like regular. I have some habanero ones and scorpion pepper ones. Today I made a frozen burrito from the freezer, but then I had Taco Bell sauces waiting for it, so that which, was exciting. Which uh, level sauce do you go with? I'm a mild person. All of those flakes is. I have sriracha in my fridge, but. Mm-hmm. Oh, once in a while, little dabs. Like, I think I do it more to be cool. I used to put it on eggs, but wait, are you eggs and ketchup or no? I can be. Yeah, I, I, I can. It. I can go eggs and ketchup or eggs and hot sauce. Either either way, depending on my mood. I'm not here to spice shame you. If you, you know, you like the mild Taco Bell sauce. That's totally It's not fine. about liking or not liking. It's I have a geographic tongue is what one dental hygienist told me. Mm-hmm. And that's why I use non-alcoholic um, mouthwash as well. My okay. mouth burns in a way that is not okay, but I'm jealous of people. So I have been training to eat spicy for years. Mm-hmm. Like I can have a jalapeno popper now. I couldn't have done that 10 years ago. It's geographic tongue, is what it's called. Yeah, but uh, like, is, but does that mean your tongue is? Fr- you're from Illinois, right? Well, I was born in the Soviet <laughs> Union. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, may, oh, so your tongue is geographical to the Soviet Union. No, it's like it's pattern. Some people have smooth tongues, but all of my little tongue dots are separated and distinct. Huh. And I have like ridges in my tongue. And so the flavor and the alcohol just goes in it and it burns. Oh, that sucks. Oh. Sure. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with you on the, uh, the mouthwash, though. I go a non-alcoholic there, too. I can't have the burn. Yeah, it's excessive. I don't need it. I'm going to get a water pick. Now, you became famous in my heart and mind because of your brackets. You were known in the Chicago comedy scene as the bracket king. <laughs> um, it was really fun, all foods. And I would wait for these brackets. Like, it was my Super Bowl. I loved it. I always appreciated the excitement that you had for it because I think you're really overselling it in terms of being the bracket king. I think this is just in your mind. Um, But you were the first because now there's all these bracket podcasts, but you were the first. I I was a little bit ahead of the curve on it, but I don't think I did it as well as some other folks do. I think some other people put a little more thought into it and care, but we had the sandwich one. I think that was probably the biggest one. It had 64 sandwiches competing. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was Do a lot of fun. Do you remember which sandwich won? I feel like it was maybe I think a meatball was pretty high in the it made it pretty far. Breakfast sandwich was in the final four for sure. Mm. Maybe a pulled pork. In my head I'm like a turkey club is probably the top. But I guess with warm sandwiches, you don't know. Was grilled cheese involved? Grilled cheese was in the mix. I think it might have lost earlier than you would have w- would have liked to see it because the debate came into like, well, if it's a you know grilled cheese with other stuff on, like one of these fancy grilled cheeses, is that still a grilled cheese? No, it's a melt. Right. Once right. you get a meat or another like thing in, that's a melt. But some eyes. people, like the people who run Cheesies in Lakeview, they would tell you that no, 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 it's still a grilled cheese, even if you have chicken fingers and bacon and stuff in it. And they're a Texas toast type place, because that, that's my so, big yeah. pet peeve. I do not like Texas toast grilled cheese. Hmm. Give me a regular bread. I need that crust. I don't need all that. Maybe I do. I don't know. There's something about Texas toast grilled cheese that upsets me. I could I could get down with that. I like a sourdough on there. I think that's probably probably uh, the best way to go about it. A challah? Sure. 
I can do that. So what were they? There was sandwich. I remember soups. There was a dessert one, I think, mm. as well. Yeah, we had a live finale of the final four of the dessert bracket. That actually, uh, that was a disaster. <laughs> um, it, uh, we, Did we it were get at- violent? It didn't get violent. Everything was fine, but it was at, we did it at, what was the, uh, at Duke's uh, bar here in Chicago, and we had representatives of all of the, the finals, so there was like a milkshake, uh, we had some pie for people. Uh, it just, it, it uh, was poorly attended, and there were only like maybe three votes. <laughs> <laughs> and all the milkshake melted very quickly, so it... Uh, it, uh, it was sad. It was a great time in history. Do you remember how, how we met in any way or our friendship, your perceptions of us? We always just got uh, along, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, it had to do something to do with open mics and shit here in Chicago. I think, I think my first memory of maybe meeting you was at uh, Jack Calhoun's Loft. That was a spicy place in terms of <laughs> there was a lot of nuts stuff that happened at yeah. that loft. Yeah, that uh, was uh, uh, something that I don't think could or should exist again. No, it was like a sad man who really wanted to do comedy, but he just wasn't good enough. Um, but he did share a loft with uh, other adults and he would have this show there on Monday nights. He was a personal think- trainer. Slight correction, I think it was Wednesdays. It was Wednesdays. Because he had, this is just when I had first moved to the city, and I went to his open mic at, I think, Pacino's, and like, he was really mean to everybody, and I enjoyed it, (laughs) and then it, uh, I guess they told him to stop, and that's when his loft started. Yeah, and it was kind of the place to be, and I was young, and so I thought it was cool, and I had to be there. But looking back, I like hated every moment. Mike David would be up there screaming the N word. Um, it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. It was I, people were on the roof. Um, there was something that happened. Like some, people made out and then I repeated it. And because of that gossip trait, like I ended like I was in a friendship fight with a friend for over three years. It was like the cherry oh on God. top because like there was just so much. It's, nonsense. it's all the loft's fault. <laughs> No, my personality as well, but we did all spend so much time together, you know, with like comedy. You're together every fucking day, night at these mics, desperate. Yeah. And there's there's so much of that, like mentality of like, you've got to go out all the time constantly. And that forces everybody into like a like quite a bit of uh, spending time. I always heard talk of that roof, but I, I don't think I ever made it up on that roof of Jack's Law. Maybe it's for the best. I guess. And we were all drunk, I guess. So we're together every night for hours and hours, mm-hmm. waiting to go up and getting blasted. Yep. And a lot of times in places where, like, you know, if it shows, you get free drinks or, like, drink tickets and... Everyone's sad. <laughs> Everyone's sad. Do you remember any big fights or conflicts? I, I don't know. I try not, I don't think too much about uh, the the stand up time at all much anymore. You don't not, miss not, it. Not not really. I do miss some people, but I don't uh, I don't miss like what you're describing that being at bars all the time and uh, all that. That definitely not. I'm much more happy with the lifestyle of doing this dumb podcast that I do now. Well, that's like, you know, 
why I'm so excited that you're here. I can't wait to be schooled on everything about your life and podcast. So you're an indoor kid. Yeah, for the most part. It was like, you know, with the uh, COVID uh, coming along and stuff, it was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Was that when you stopped doing comedy? No, I'd stopped before that. And I, I was kind of, uh, I felt before, you know, my friends who who were like not able to perform, you know, I felt uh, I felt bad for folks. And, and, you know, like there were a lot of venues that were hurting, but I, I was glad that I had, didn't, didn't, uh, did, I can just sit and uh, record here from my house. Was it a weird decision or sad or in any way or? To, to stop doing stand-up? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think it was kind of gradual. I kind of lost uh, a bit of my my interest. I think there's there's only so much I could have ever done with it. You know, like I I was only so good, and you know I I don't think I was terrible, but uh, I think I had reached the point where I had done everything I was going to be able to do, and I I think I just kind of started to feel like eh, maybe there's something else I should be doing. And I sort of moved away from it a little. And what you knew you should be doing is analyzing and living about Alex Jones. Well, that was an accident, too. <laughs> that that, that, uh, that was... That, I mean, it's turned out to be, I guess, a little bit of a happy accident, but... Well, yeah, so this that, is how I knew you had to come on, where we, I was hanging out with our mutual friend, Marty DeRosa. Ah, yes. And um, I always, you know, I ask what's up with you, whatever. And he was telling me that you kind of debunk all this Alex Jones stuff that he drives you crazy and that a lot of the parents that have been directly affected by Alex Jones have reached out and are very grateful for the work that you do. And that I don't know. So I was like, okay, I need to know more about all of this. Well, that that's very nice of Marty to say. That might be that I have. I should say I have never communicated with like the Sandy Hook families or anything. Marty just fully to be just clear. lied to me. Marty was like, "These parents reach out and they're so grateful for Dan Friesen." <laughs> he might he might have embellished a tiny bit. But oh, I, have- well, I mean that's why I was like, "Oh my God, he's doing so much for these Sandy Hook families." And you were like, "I've never talked to these people in my life." Well, to be totally clear, I have been involved in the case. I have yes. just not talked to the families. So, okay. like, I have aided with the, the plaintiff's attorneys in the Texas case, uh, uh, for Alex's Sandy Hook case. But I think it would be kind of improper for me to to talk to or meet the, uh, the families. Because I, you're involved in the case. Why don't you start at the beginning? Like, how did it, how did you, the, your show start? How did it become Alex Jones centered? Like, tell me the trajectory of what is up. So when when uh, we were doing like the stand up times, you know, I, I did a podcast where it was just sort of sitting around talking, and then the brackets kind of were a part of that also. Um, and I continued doing that podcast, and then eventually, me and Marty uh, started doing a splinter show called "That's What They Want You to Think," where we did like we talked about conspiracy theories, and basically, he would watch videos high uh, on his on his bed. And then he would be like, oh, Dan, what's up with this? And then I would look into it and then we'd record an episode where I'd tell him, like, it's not as fun as you think. This isn't, uh, you know, this isn't this isn't that that spooky. Um, And then uh, he was too busy and it sort of ended up like I enjoyed looking into things. And so I, I don't know how it exactly happened, but I saw like an Alex Jones video and he was yelling about Trump and God and stuff. And like this was in. 
you know, somewhere in 2015. And I was like, this is nuts. He does a three hour show. What is a show like? And so I just started watching his show and I got really confused by it. And I just wanted to learn more about like, what is behind this? What's the ideology? And so that, that uh, became something of an obsession. And you've watched every single Alex Jones show. No, 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 no. That would be impossible. A human, I don't think a human could do that. I've definitely, you know, what is that, Malcolm Gladwell, the 10,000 hours? I'm definitely past that, I think. And they're all three hours. Yeah, except Sunday he does two, and then uh, Saturday he's off, usually. He (laughs) is a very hated man. Is he popular? Like, does he have fans? Are people still tuning in? Is it a cult, the people who like him? Or are there casual fans? Or is everyone making fun of him? Like, what is his demographic? I think there are the casual fans. And they're the people who you'll see tweeting stuff like Alex Jones was right and stuff like that. But yeah, there's definitely still like hardcore fans that he has and complete weirdos who who just are like all aboard this uh, whatever shifting story he ends up telling them. They're along for it. I, I and someone just gave him like eight million dollars in Bitcoin, some uh, some mega donor, and so like he, he has something uh, going for him for sure. And I know him mostly as the man who thinks Sandy Hook did not happen. Well, yes, he definitely did, and now he pretends he never really thought it was fake, or he thought it was fake for a short time and then apologized. He's got a lot of different stories depending on where he is. So he's um, a flip flopper. Quite, quite a bit. Uh, I would, I would say a liar. <laughs> but flip flopper is nice too. A full blown liar. Now, it, the parents of Sandy Hook did sue him, right? Yes. And yeah. that case is ongoing. Yeah, there are actually two cases going. Well, there are multiple cases, but there's there's one uh, set of them in uh, in Texas courts, and then there's one in Connecticut, and so those are both running concurrently. And uh, I've I've a lot more uh, awareness of and access to the the Texas cases since I've collaborated with those lawyers. But the the uh, the yeah the Connecticut one is is probably going to be pretty bad for him too. He's lost all of them already. Is the thing he has? Yeah, yeah. He lost them by default. Basically, what happened was the court process was going along, and he refused to cooperate with the discovery process. And he dragged his feet so terribly that the judge was just like, you lose. <laughs> We've given you every opportunity to participate in this process and you won't do it. So you have lost. And does he talk about these publicly? The cases? Yeah, because he obviously did this on purpose. He didn't want to be humiliated in court. He knew he was guilty. Right. So yeah. is his spin now like, fuck them, they, this isn't America or justice, they fucking default. Like, is, he's playing the victim of this? Yeah, definitely. He's doing the, like, this is a kangaroo court. They, uh, you know, you're not supposed to, they're supposed to decide if you're guilty or innocent, not how guilty you are, and, like, all this. It's, it's it, it, it works pretty well for his audience, because they don't know the stuff that he's done in terms of, like, not cooperating with Discovery, sending incompetent people to depositions and things like that. And so his audience just thinks he really is getting jammed up by the legal process, but it's it's all his own fault. He's been a real asshole. And was it all slander? Or what were um, the charges? 
No, there's defamation and also uh, intentional infliction of emotional distress. And I think that uh, the difference there is that for like defamation claims, generally speaking, you need to have said someone's name. And if you don't, then you could still cause them uh, emotional distress intentionally. And so I think that's that's some of the some of the distinction. And how did you get involved with the lawyers in Texas? We started the show in 2017. And the idea was just like me and Jordan Holmes, my co-host, like we just like to drink together and talk shit. And so I was like, I kind of want to do a show about Alex Jones. Would you like to do it with me? And he's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So we did it. And it was just supposed to be us laughing at this weirdo. Um, and then over time, it became like, nah, there's something really bad about this guy. He is there's there's a clear racism. His enemies are clearly coded with anti-Semitic tropes uh, from history. And so I just started to take it more seriously. And um, what would it have been? Um, there was an article in the New York Times that came out about us uh, like a year ago or so, last April. And in uh, the aftermath of that... Did you frame or, it? My mom did, I think. Nice. I, <laughs> I, I, I was like, I figured that they'll have a copy and that's good enough. I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to have it in my house. I don't. I, I feel like I, I would look at myself as vain, although it would be completely normal to do that. No, it would. No, but that's um, that's what I always tell about parents. It's like they don't know what a podcast. Like a lot of the the things we do confuse my parents, but mm. print media they understand. You know. Yeah. When you can show them a paper, that's good. So if I'm in anything, I'm like, look at that. Like I just like having that physical thing. It's not even for me or my ego. It's like. Give it to my mom. Do you? Does your mom care about like like collecting videos of your appearances on TV or anything? I'm sure they're saved on the DVR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll watch me on the internet. They just don't understand anything I'm saying. Like their English kind of sucks, or they're trolling me. But like they don't fully <laughs> grasp it. And I mean, the magazine is forever, and it's just there or the paper. And so there's something about. Like when I was in the Times, my parents framed mm. that and I got to be with two comics that I really liked. And it just I don't know. There's something concrete about it that is impressive to parents. I mean, my yeah, pa- it's, it's not like- even just papers like like if I'm in a pamphlet or a show poster, they'll frame mm-hmm. it. They, they like that. It's like something physical about it. That is nice. Yeah. yeah, it's also kind of like the media that they probably grew up with or, you know, like it's more the last generations like this is making it. Bingo. It's like you, you're really in the New York, the gray lady. You're in the, the you're in the times. <laughs> um, and so after we were in that, uh, the and what lawyer, was the point of the article? Like, what was the vibe of the article? Um, so this writer Elizabeth Williamson had done some articles about Alex in the past, and she was in the process of writing her book. Uh, she put out a book about Sandy Hook and about some of the lies and the damage that lingers and. Um, and so she and I had spoken a little bit because of that. Like she had reached out with so, like some questions and and uh, what have you. And because of that, she just got interested and was like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna come to Chicago and do an article about you guys." And so she came and uh, th- that ended up. Uh, it was out of the blue. Everything that's happened is completely bizarre and out. Wait, of Wait, where did you guys meet? Did you go eat somewhere or a bar? We did. Where? Well, first we went to Lady Gregory's, 
the first time we met up. That was Jordan's idea. I think he likes that place over in Andersonville. And uh, that was eh. And then the next time, we met up a second time, and that was at Ann Sather. And that was a little better, because I could get a cinnamon roll. <laughs> so those were the two meetups. Yeah, yeah. Other than, like, on the phone. and Okay. You know. So she came to meet you, and then what mm. became the story? I mean, just that we're doing a podcast about this guy, and we had been at that point for, like, four years. And it just was... I don't, I, it's bizarre to me. The article is, can you believe this shit? <laughs> that this is happening and there's there's enough to talk about? That, well, uh, we can... that's the bingo. There's enough to talk about. Yeah, you just keep finding new problems. Uh, basically, when you listen to his show, it's like, oh no. A new group of people he hates. So then um, the lawyers saw the article? I believe so. And uh, th- I there's some... Uh, indication that uh, like the Sandyoke families had heard, or at least some of them had heard our show, and so like they were aware of uh, what we were doing. Um, and yeah, there's uh, lawyer Mark Bankston, who's uh, the lead for the plaintiffs in the Texas cases, reached out and he wanted to pick my brain about some stuff and uh, see if I had any any ideas of like where some clips were because in the discovery process. Infowars was supposed to turn over everything they had about Sandy Hook, and they just couldn't or wouldn't. They just they're like, I don't know. We don't we have we have a bunch of videos. None of them are labeled or anything like. So it it became a process of like a lot of hunting for them, and so I tried to I tried to help a little bit with that, um, and then that culminated in the bizarrest thing ever, um, and that was uh, last December. I ended up going to Austin, and I served as their uh, special expert witness or whatever for Alex's deposition. So I was in the room while he was being deposed, and it was just, I, 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 it's so fucked up. I don't know how this is this is real life. So what do you mean? So you were their lead witness. While he was being deposed, or do you go on the stand too? Like what? Well, witness is actually, I think I used the wrong word. I was just sort of an expert consultant. So I didn't say anything during the deposition. I was just there. And then during breaks, I could help like, okay, here's something that uh, maybe you should push on, or here's something that he, that was clearly a lie. Um, it, yeah, it was, it, it was surreal. And um, are you just like, is this for justice or do they pay you? How does it work in the legal world? Well, that definitely was not paid. That uh, that I I don't know if it would have been unethical, but I definitely wouldn't have accepted money. But they flew offered. you out. Like, how does that work? Yeah, yeah. the The law firm did cover the uh, the travel. I think that's that's probably appropriate. Like a hotel travel, maybe a per diem for breakfast. No per diem, but, uh, and here's the great part. I mean, my parents live in Austin, uh, or they actually just moved, but they lived in Austin at the time, so no need for a hotel, just crash with the parents. What made them want to leave the great state of Missouri? <laughs> well, they, they lived in Missouri until, like, I don't know, like 12, 15 years ago or something. They moved to Austin quite a while ago. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you met them at, uh, I think, like a Moon Tower show or something like that. Oh, my God. It's all coming back to me, but I always associate you with Missouri. 
Yeah, because that's where we were from originally. Yeah. But yeah, my, my, when uh, when me and my brother both didn't go to college uh, <laughs> outside of Missouri, my parents just left. They were just like, fuck this. And so they, they went to Austin. Um, but yeah, the the uh, you were doing some show, and my parents saw that the, like, there was a festival going on, and they were like, who should we go see? I'm like, go see Lisa Traeger. Oh, my and so God. There, I have a picture somewhere on my phone of well, my I parents have- and you. I have such a great memory and I remember so much my family comments on it and a lot of my friends and people I work with, but it is going because like Mm -hmm. that now I'm back and I see it, but like, I don't know. There's just like, and that's why I didn't ever write anything or keep journals because like, oh, my memory is amazing. This will be fine. And now I'm like, uh oh, (laughs) things are starting to go. Yeah. The years of weed and then just normal aging kind of, they, they have that, that effect. Yeah, I'm proud of everyone that's keeping a diary. Yeah. So you I, got to hang out with your parents. I did. Yeah, that was nice. Um, we, you know, had some voodoo donuts. Huh? With some Cap'n Crunch on it or what? Oh, hell yeah. I got that one for sure. And then the one that's like uh, Oreo. That was, a, that was a really good one. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Hanging out with my parents was uneventful, but... You know, just being there and being in that room was just, I mean, we started this show as sort of a, like, not expecting anyone to want to listen to it. Like, why would you want to listen to people talk about Alex Jones? It's dumb. And then years later, I'm in a room staring like five feet away from the person I do a podcast about. And did he know who you were? He does know who I am, but he didn't recognize me. That's for sure. Has he ever contacted you? Um, maybe. <laughs> I have received an email from someone at Infowars, but a I can never really tell if it's a prank or not. You know, I think that I I, I never I I don't know how to trace emails or anything, but theoretically, someone from Infowars has sent uh, sent me an email. Damn. Okay. So you're there, you're looking at him and are you, you're taking notes as he talks cuz you remember every episode. How do you speaking of memory, like how do you remember every fucking episode that you've covered I, or watched? Cuz I'm doing SVU all day every day, but like it's also it's script. I don't know. Like how do you how did you know like oh, that's a lie? Well, I think I think uh, you know you probably remember a lot of those SVU episodes, and it's probably you know you're you it's a good fit for you in terms of the the storytelling and and uh, the what have you. With him, I, I don't remember everything really. Like there is a, a there is a lot that I have forgotten. There's a lot of trivial stuff uh, that have forgotten along the way because we're almost at like 700 episodes that we've done. It's ridiculous. Um, but the, I remember a lot of the like more important things. And if someone were to come to me with, did he say this or not? Did this happen or not? I could pretty clearly point to where that was if I, if I had a little time. Wow. Um, and how big was, uh, the court team or the team of lawyers that were there for you and then for him? Well, uh, he had two lawyers, and then it was me, um, the lawyer that I mentioned, Mark, and then his uh, co-counsel, Bill Ogden. And so it was just the three of us and uh, Alex and, and two lawyers and, uh, and a stenographer. And uh, yeah, it, uh, it's weird to see 
this person in flesh and recognize that they're real and and like I I remember I saw the line of his his shave line on his beard and it was just like that stuck out to me as like this is fucked up he shaved his face this morning I'm sitting here looking at this person that I I know is one of the worst people I've ever uh, uh, uh sort of looked into or known about and uh he's just here not a care in the world in a in a deposition that's probably going to end up costing him millions and millions of dollars i think so i think so i don't have any inside information about like his finances but i think so i think he's probably got uh quite a bit somewhere now does it fuck with your psyche watching so much of like garbage from this garbage man yeah, yeah, a bit, a bit, yeah. I, I think it really, really affected me much more earlier on because I didn't know what this stuff was coming from. I think it had a terrible effect on me listening to hours of him talk when I was still questioning what's behind this, what are the sources of this. And once I learned more, it had less of an effect on me because I just sort of roll my eyes a lot of the time. And I'm just like, ugh, this, this asshole. It's still a bummer for sure. Uh, but it's less like emotionally or psychologically damaging. Is it back at the beginning? Fuck. It was damaging. Yeah. Yeah. Because part of the show is also like he's he's tricking the audience. Like he tricks people into thinking he knows more than he does, which if you don't know for sure he's making up stuff, then you're like, well, maybe he does know stuff and I just don't know where he's getting it from. And that messes with you. And then he's saying stuff that's like fairly clearly racist, but also saying like, no one can prove that I'm racist. And, and that kind of messes with your head. And it, it, it was a disorienting experience for at least like the first six months. But you knew you had to stick it through. I don't know why, but yeah, I did. <laughs> I was just fascinated too. That was a part of it. It was just like, this is a completely insane part of, media that I, di- I didn't think anybody was looking at at the time either like no one was talking about him no but he became such a big fixture i actually just saw something on twitter where it was like a q anon person's comment and someone reposted and was like i mean this is <laughs> classic but it was someone going i'd never been called intelligent before no one ever said i was smart and then i found my place in q and i belong and it's like-minded people and this and that and it's like mm-hmm. no you're just dumb um and that's fine like we can't mm-hmm. all have smarts and everything i can't do physics you know whatever but sure. it makes people feel smart so it's like are people drawn to him because they agree they feel smart they feel listened to like what is his audience is um, it QAnon? I- is QAnon like a subset like what is info like what who is alex jones what is he because no one claims him really like no one wants to be associated with him right Tucker Carlson has kind of been giving him some shout outs lately. Okay. So I think the two of them sort of have a bit of an alliance. Uh, Trump went on his show once on the campaign trail uh, in like December 2015. Uh, but yeah, and then Alex was like, he's my best friend. And then they never spoke after that, as far as I can tell. Um, but yeah, the, he just for the to clarify for you, he hates QAnon. Uh, they, they, the two of them do not get along. Uh, those branches. Ooh, why are they enemies? Well, ooh, yeah. 
<laughs> it's uh, it's because he tried to take over QAnon. He uh, early on <laughs> okay. he tried to like make it part of his conspiracy, and uh, the people who were on like 4chan rebelled against it, and they they turned him into a bad guy in their world. Like he's a liar, he's a patriot, but like P A Y, like a patriot. Um, yeah, so they hate him, and then he's like, ah, fuck it, I can't take this over. I'm just gonna say it's the globalists well that's the whole thing it's like when you associate or become chummy with the worst people they have they'll turn their backs on you too it's like mm-hmm. fo- it's like the people leaving fox news for what osha or whatever no that's like a company <laughs> that's that the helps occupational people. safety <laughs> it's like workplace accidents <laughs> oan <laughs> yeah 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 OAN. <laughs> Yeah, and then you know it's like if you don't do exactly what they're they say they're gonna drop your ass too you know yeah. so it is like yeah if you're gonna try to like be buddy buddy with bad people they're gonna turn their back on you yeah there's not uh there's not a whole lot of loyalty among people who are known for like fucking each other over that's why i thought it was so weird when alex was like becoming best friends with roger stone it's like this doesn't seem like a good idea like, you know, it'll probably end up selling you out at some point. Now, I guess the question that probably everyone wants answered is, is this guy on coke? Is he a drug addict? <laughs> is he a pill popper? What is his vibe? Um, so he's a he's a drunk for sure. Um, maybe not as bad anymore, but he used to do his show drunk periodically. Um, and he would do like evening special episodes and he'd just be wasted and like yelling that happened sometimes it was it was pretty fun because he he would just there was one that he did that was like three hours it started with him talking to roger stone for like half an hour and he was screaming about how everyone called him a russian agent and how he's not a russian agent and he was saying that he wanted to fight adam schiff and uh, and all this and then Roger Stone left and Alex just got a bit drunker and was just rambling about how, like, I'm not racist because I love Mexican food. Uh, I have the secrets of the universe. He got into talking about how there's like four ways to learn and they're like revelation is one way. It, it got to a point where he was just like everyone clearly wanted to go home in the studio, but he was just like sad end of the night drunk. Um, it was it was brutal. He's a drunk is uh, definitely, uh, you know, you see him on like Rogan and shit and he's, he's hammered. He just, he gets, he gets, I've only watched up. one Rogan and it was Miley Cyrus. I don't think you're surprised. Um, I think, I think that's a great policy and I admire you for it. <laughs> yeah. I am. I'm not interested. I would go on at any moment. Of course. Um, sure. yeah, I would like to question him why he's never mentioned abortion ever on his show. Um, he's hmm. so concerned with people's rights. And freedoms, but for some reason, not one abortion stance. Okay, so, (laughs) and the Miley is good because Miley talks so much, so it was very limited in what he even said. Yeah, yeah. What were you about to say? That would make it better. Um, That Not having a stance on abortion, one of the many... Uh, bizarre positions that he has uh, he sucks yeah that's another thing that bothers me about that show is he you know after he got in a little bit of trouble this year it was very much like i like to just have different opinions i like lots of different people but it's like no you just have jordan peterson and alex jones and like covid deniers like mm-hmm. do you, have you even had a black lives matter person 
Like, has he had any feminists on his show? Has he had any fat women? Like, I'm just so curious when he talks about all these different points of view, it's like, wh- who was the last black woman on that show? I don't know. It's like, is it yeah. actually different points of view or the fringes of society that you're actually giving credit to or like your validity to? Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure like his entire guest list. The last time I gave a little look through it, it definitely skewed more towards the bizarre right wing weirdos. Yeah, and there's people there's people like who he just I think kind of pretends never were on too, like Owen Benjamin, like that comedian who ended up going full on like uh, basically, hey, I'm a Nazi in the woods. Yeah. Uh, well, this happens to, I think we talked, I don't know where I talked about this. I talk so much now. It's like, I don't know where it is when I'm repeating myself who listened. Like, sometimes sure. I'll tell people things that they have told me. Like, I just <laughs> cannot stop. But, um, see, I already like forgot. Oh, Owen Benjamin. This is, this is classic. Like, a lot of white men, when they don't become as successful as they wanted to within comedy, they go right wing. They can't mm-hmm. handle it because there's no way that it's them not being good enough or having a personality. It has to be replacement mm-hmm. theory or whatever. And Dave Rubin. Giannis uh, Pappas. Like, Steven Crowder. They all just are like dudes who thought they would be more respected or rich or had a hotter wife. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but like it's they just get so mad and become the most hateful fucks ever. Yeah, I think I think that there is an unfortunate uh, comedy to right wing pundit uh, pipeline that exists. Um, yeah, it sucks. But why <laughs> but would it's he hard pretend to it's Owen Benjamin hasn't been on, but he has had other scumbags on? Well, I don't know if he pretends that he hasn't been on, but he definitely doesn't talk about it. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, more people would call him to task for having like Milo on and uh, and stuff. People people just give him a pass on on things like. Things like Owen and who else? He's had a lot of really messed up people. But whenever Alex is on, uh, they just drink whiskey and like he gets so fucked up. Like Alex will just start yelling and asking Joe Rogan to choke him out and stuff. Like it's a mess. Now, is he married, have children? Like what's Alex Jones's like personal life? Um, yeah, he's married to his second wife. Uh, he has three kids from his first marriage, and then he has a, one kid with his his newer wife. And that that kid's kind of young. I think his oldest kids are in their teens. I think his 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 oldest son uh, Rex has actually been on Infowars a bit uh, periodically, and uh, yeah, that was a bummer. He's over eighteen though. Do you think um, he's a good father or husband? Hell no. Well, okay. I don't know. That's I, I find it very difficult to like talk about other people's personal lives because I don't really know that much. And so we try and stay away from that for the most part because there is a chance that, you know, he's got some redeeming qualities and I, I, I don't know. But I, I, I find it hard to believe based on his everything i know about him i find it hard to believe that he's a decent person in just about any aspect of his life well my mom um famously likes to say how you do one thing is how you do everything i've heard that i think from a a boss who was trying to get me to mop a floor no for my mom it's like different like i'm pretty careless and it's like an all maybe not but like my house is a mess my car is a mess my purse is a mess it's all a mess i don't know you know what I think 
that I actually heard how you do one thing is how you do everything from Marty. And I'm starting to guess that your mom told you, you told Marty and Marty told me. Yeah, I don't think it's about, or it's like someone that is like, I mean, one mistake doesn't encapsulate your whole being, but it's like, if you're rude to a service person, you're probably rude to your kids. You're probably rude to your hairstylist. You're probably mm. rude to a flight attendant. And you're rude. You know, it's like, there's no way you're only rude to one subsect of person. And right. so I think that's where she's coming from, where it's like, if you're a liar here, you're going to be a liar. Like, it's it, it's how you are. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a, a lot of those those sort of habits and behaviors aren't things that are like, you just dabble and like, all right, this is, you know, over here. Yeah, uh, but, but I, I, I wanted, to, I wanted yeah. to get back to what Please. you were saying, like what his drug is. Like he's on straight up on the booze on all these shows, but also there are a couple things. One is he recently did an interview with Mike Tyson, and uh, he claims that they took mushrooms beforehand. So he does that. He smokes some weed with them, <clears throat> and um, on the episode, the last episode he did with Rogan, Joe asks him like. Hey, I know that you were telling me before, you know, like, you know, privately about your problem with Adderall and, you know, maybe, you know, you could talk about that and it would help people. And Alex refused to talk about it. So there is some kind of uh, a hunch that I have that he he does a fair amount of stimulants okay, and then Adderall just doesn't talk about it. Adderall does make you nuts. And if you're not it prescribed, can. it can. Like, if it's yeah. not for you, I- I'll just speak for myself. I wanted mm-hmm. to get addicted to Adderall. This was back in Chicago. I thought this that was going to be my way to get thin. I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to get addicted to Adderall and I'm going to get thin. I like I like that your first thought is like just accepting the addiction part of it. Yeah, it's like this is my plan. (laughs) Yes, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Mm. I like to nap. I like to relax. I mean, um, one of my friends got whatever. It's Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee was like, (laughs) um whoa are you on something I was like how'd you know and it's like I was just ready to fight I was so agitated Mm -hmm. I really was just like shaking it out of control and I just needed to sleep and maybe eat a little bit like anytime I do it I'm just shaking and I just want to rest I'm I don't want it I get it if I had an essay to write but Adderall does not work good with me and and i'm just like naive at certain points or i was when i was younger but i was at working at a hair salon this was uh jack's loft days <laughs> and this uh girl sold me adderall she was obviously a pill popper and she like turned on me in the most vicious i mean she was truly crazed she started stealing doing fake coupon like a maniac and i invited her into my home for a party and everyone's like why'd you bring this maniac here and i was like i didn't realize she was a maniac Mm -hmm. i just thought she was like you know a little quirky and it was like no she was fully on adderall she was telling me how to get prescriptions from different doctors and i it was still going over my head that she had a problem i was like great i'll have some (laughs) that's the non-judgy jack's loft days yeah (laughs) live and let live yeah, I I think I I think it's so weird how like Adderall has such a different effect on people. You know, people who who need it, it can be very helpful, and uh, other people, it can just like it's basically speed. Yeah, and I mean, maybe one, t- maybe if I did a little Adderall, I could clean this apartment up. Um, but I just don't like the way it makes me feel. I don't like hearing my heartbeat. Sure, I know I know that you don't like grinding your teeth. I would assume. 
Yeah, that's I don't. A, not a fun side effect. Is that something you know about me personally, or that's just like just most guessing. people don't like? Okay. It's a, it's yeah. Most people prefer their teeth unground. Yeah. Fuck. Wait, so he might be on Adderall. He de- but this is my thing, and that's kind of my thing with Rogan, too, where it's like they talk about psychedelics and mushrooms and, like, I, whatever, but you're, mm. they're the most closed-minded people that love drugs that I've ever heard of. Yeah, well, uh, I mean... Isn't the whole thing that it opens your mind and heart? Like, how are you still so, like, focused on your one worldview when you're, tr- like, doing drugs that are supposed to expand your mind? Yeah, that's that's a that's something I want I wonder about too. I, I guess maybe you know like because you can do the same drug and have a different type of trip. Like you could have a bad trip or a good trip to t- depending on circumstances. So like maybe they do the DMT or the ayahuasca and they end up talking to like somebody who's a real asshole in the spirit world. Maybe they talk to the wrong person. They talk to the wrong motherfucking person. Okay, so he might be a good father and husband. We don't think so, but like... Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, we don't really know. He's about to lose millions of dollars. Will he be irrelevant? Is he irrelevant? Like, who is... Like, how long do you think your show... Like, how long? Will he be going for a while? I mean, honestly, how long? Like, I thought this would be done... Like, my podcast, I thought it would be done in, like, 2018. Like, I didn't think this was a long-term project. I didn't think there was the idea of, like, an audience that would be interested in this. So, I I don't know. I, I My prediction would be that it's going to be very difficult for him to operate after the lawsuit judgments come down. Because I think they probably will have the effect of bankrupting him i'm not sure but i would guess um how long did the trial last and when is this judgment gonna come through you think well it's been going on for quite a while uh because he just does these stalling tactics you know like it's been constantly like one of the one of our favorite ones was uh so he had to send a corporate representative to a deposition and he sent one of his reporters, this guy named Rob Dew, uh, he sent him to do the corporate representative de- uh, deposition. And when he showed up, he didn't know what that meant. He didn't know what it meant to be a corporate representative. And so, like, obviously that stalls the process. And he just did a hundred things like that. Um, but the Texas cases, in theory, are going to the jury trial for the damages, to determine the damages uh, at the end of July, I believe July twenty fifth is the start of that. And will you be uh, needed for that? Will you be flying out for that? I'm not needed, but I'm going. <laughs> okay, this is exciting. Yeah. And will you yeah, stay the whole like time? Yeah, that's like a music festival that? for me. So we'll be in like the courtroom audience area. I don't think so. From what I understand, the courtroom will probably be fairly small. But uh, I, I think that I may still be able to go in some room that I'll be apprised of things that are happening. Well, why can't your lawyer friends get you a seat? Um, maybe they could. I don't know if I want to push for it, though. Yeah, I, I don't know. Actually, like all the details, I, I'm not really sure. I'm you don't be care there. as long as you're there with other lunatics. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think that there may be some other folks who like I've never met before, but are part of the like folks who watch the right wing online who might also come i could see it being like our woodstock you know like this being like this the, I, don't know, I can't i can't miss that <laughs> 
That is amazing. So have you met really like interesting, cool people through this process that are now or like like minded people? Have you met conspiracy right wing hater vibe people? Yeah, I've met a few. There's a guy who used to write for Right Wing Watch named Jared Holt. You know, he gets around on Twitter with a lot of a lot of media watching of of right wing stuff. He and I have become friends. That's very nice. Um, I got to interview uh, John Ronson, the author. I don't know if you know him. Of course not. Okay. <laughs> I don't read. He's also he's also done TV shows. I know Mark Ronson. No, he's not the DJ Mark Ronson. Nor is he related to Samantha Ronson. Well, right? they're related. That that is true. Yeah. You know who Mark Ronson's married to? Uh, I don't know, but I know who Samantha Ronson dated. Lindsay Lohan. That's right. Who's uh, Mark Ronson married to? He is married to Meryl Streep's daughter, one of her daughters. I never would have guessed. I know. <laughs> I'm letting you know. I thought you were going to say Meryl Streep. Uh, that would have been amazing. That would have been. I think she's like been in love for a long time. I Good hope I her. get to see her one day. In LA, could, you know, they're out and about. Like, I just want to see how everyone looks. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you're somebody who I know that you've done uh, a couple of things on like red carpets. Uh, and I, I think that's a that's a place where you could really shine. We got to get you and Meryl Streep together that way somehow. Yeah, I hope so. I would love to. I just want to see everyone's skin, body, vibes. Um, like one time someone said that Brad Pitt was at the comedy store and I like ran and I ran around trying to find him and I couldn't. And they're like, what, you really want to do this and that? I go, I don't need anything from him. I just want to see him. Don't you want to see mm-hmm. someone that you've like seen on television and movies since you were a child? Like, I, I'm not above it. I want to see. I want to see. No, I understand. I flew to Austin to be in a room with Alex Jones. I get it. <laughs> you know, Brad Pitt went to my college. He went to Mizzou. Of course I do. They're, um, mm-hmm. they're from, yeah, I didn't know that. because I very proud of him. How can you him not and, be? Him and Cheryl Crow are the, uh, the ones that uh, went to Mizzou. That people talk about. Who's more exciting for you? Man, in the late 90s, maybe Sheryl Crow, but definitely Brad Pitt has, uh, I think he's had more staying power. Yeah. Um, Sheryl Crow was recently on Howard Stern, and he asked her something, and she was like, well, it's because I'm hot. And mm. it was like, I like that. I like love. Uh, like, duh. Why wouldn't Listen, I? I'm so I'm attractive. Not- I'm not. Uh, I'm not here to impugn Cheryl Crow. She's fine, but uh, Brad Pitt's had a longer career. I mean, what? What? Uh, I can't even think of another album. Of course, other than it's Tuesday Brad Music Pitt. Club. Of course, yeah. it's Brad Pitt over Cheryl Crow. I'm s- sure. Sorry. Okay. okay. If anyone disagrees, Oof. please let me know. I was uh, terrified. No, I'm a huge. I mean, Fight Club. I know people have a backlash about it now. I fucking sure. love Fight Club. I'll forever love Fight seven. Club. Seven. That's great. I love Seven. Um, I love the Mexican. I, seven years in Tibet. That no that one, one didn't that. do it for me. <laughs> um, I I love. He used to have a Vanity Fair cover, and it was mm. like him in khakis and like a wet. It meant a lot to me. There's he has one of the <laughs> hottest Vanity Fair covers of all time. That, okay. Um, I held. Why can't we think of any other Brad Pitt movies? <laughs> I got stuck on Seven Years in Tibet. <laughs> um, but Fight Club, I think, is amazing. I think it's like the fans ruin it. That's possible. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember I I loved it I love when it. I saw it when I was maybe like twenty. And so, it predicted know. where we are in our lives. Like hmm. I think it was a satire on toxic masculinity shit. But people sure. have adopted it as like our fucking 
this is what we're for. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what I'm talking about anymore, honestly. Fair enough. Um, I really don't. <laughs> so you've met good people. You're going to go to Woodstock yeah. of Alex Jones. You're going to meet other people. Do you think there's going to be pro Alex Jones people there? I wonder about that because, I mean, obviously I think there will be some. But the the weirdest thing is like we've been doing this show for, you know, since 2017. We're public about it. We don't tweet that much. We don't engage online all that much. But, like, we've done some live shows. We went to Austin and did a live show. Um, and, like, we never get any good hate from, from Alex Jones fans. I don't know where they are. Like, they're, we were in the New York Times. We, like, I, I don't know what more I have to do to get his fans to start fucking with me. So they and don't ends fuck up with you. Mm-mm. They're too and busy yelling at women, I think. That's that's one of my theories. I think if we were women, maybe we'd get attacked a bit more. Um, but also, like he ne- he refuses to like bring us up on air too. Like that's that's something that is is a little bit uh, funny to me. It's like we know that he knows who we are, and sometimes there have been a couple of instances where he's clearly complaining about us, but like we'll pretend it's the media. <laughs> Like, we used to end every episode with uh, uh, signing off basically with, like, Alex Jones uh, technically uh, killed a man or something like that. And then a little bit after that, he started, he was complaining about how, oh, the new big thing is how I killed a guy. It's like, no, no one's talking about that. That's just just us. Um, but yeah, I, get, I, 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 wish, I wish there was a little bit more of the interesting, like, feedback from his fans and maybe we'll get some of that at the trial i don't know or maybe they're too busy just watching him and other right-wing shit i don't know now in terms of you have not seen any redeeming qualities in this man he is pure evil because my thing too a lot about these people it's like you're either dumb evil or both that's Mm -hmm. the only way to be a republican now in this country or maybe like you're either evil or dumb or both i do not see a way outside of that for me i think I think you and Jordan could have a fun, long conversation about that, uh, and especially about how a lot of times it is both. And I, I think that that was one of the functioning questions early on was like, is he stupid or evil? What's the what's going on here? And I think it's just both. I think it's he's lazy, too, which is uh, like that's why he reports on memes and stuff like that as if it's news and like it. it yeah. I, redeeming qualities. Uh, see he's apparently good at selling things yeah wait so lazy so he's lazy Mm -hmm. lazy racist sexist yep Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and does he still Uh, love trump uh he's conflicted about it now because trump was uh like pro-vaccine you know uh and so he that's that's been a problem for him if Trump runs in 2024, he'll probably support him. But also, if DeSantis runs, a lot of this, like, Tucker, Alex kind of right-wing support will probably go to him. Because Trump is a little disappointing. He's not strong enough. He didn't actually take over uh, on January I 6th. don't get why the Secret Service wouldn't let him just go there. Hmm. You mean, like, the last uh, hearing? the the stuff yeah like like he was like take me there like why didn't they just go fine bitch go go <laughs> go run around and get shot you fucking idiot like i wonder like why do they have to protect him at that point that's just their job 
I I would assume they're protecting, uh, not maybe not him, maybe like because could you imagine if like he was there with a bullhorn, being like yelling at people to like fight to, to get a fair election or whatever? Like if if they had him there as like a general riling people up, like I I think it could have been way worse. But may but he's no, also an old right. doddering man. You're right because they wouldn't send the co- they wouldn't send anyone. But he was stopping them from sending help. Maybe it would have helped. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of what ifs around that that uh, that day. Man. Yeah, for me, I go back to 2000. We needed Al Gore. Like, if someone was like, where, like, if you could go back in time, what it would what would it be? It would be 2000 and Al Gore ones. And I want to mm. know what life would be like. Like that's feel where like- my brain goes. I feel like we got to go back further than that and make sure Reagan was never president because that uh, the the there's a lot of damage that's still rippling from his. Uh, I'm just defunding. not smart enough. What did he defund? Well, there's a lot of public funding for uh, like uh, mental health and things like along those lines that have been like deteriorated from, and uh, his handling of the HIV/AIDS yeah. uh, crisis was, I mean, famously bad. Famously. Who's more evil, Alex Jones or Tucker Carlson? Um, probably. Oh, that's that's a great question. I don't know. Probably both. Can I say both? Of course. So you think they're equal evil? Uh, yeah, I think they're different sorts, though. Like Tucker probably believes a lot of the stuff he's saying, and a lot of the hatred is probably like genuine. But he also is like he is the guy who used to wear a bow tie and talk about how great the Iraq War is. Like he is somebody who will change with the times, like seeing whatever he can do. And Alex changes a bit, but he also is like, I, I, he feels like he would insist on being his own kind of evil, and that's that. That to me is a little bit different. He's a, he's a he's on the vanguard of evil, whereas Tucker is opportunistic uh, with it. And I'll throw a Laura Ingram in there. I, I put her in the same camp as like a Tucker. Yeah, I mean they're they they probably like. Here's the difference: Alex has his own thing. Infowars is entirely his. He is his own boss. No one can stop him from doing things, and that's part of the reason why he is ended up in these lawsuits. Whereas like Laura Ingram and Tucker, like they depend on those paychecks from Fox News, and maybe they could create their own things outside of it, but they wouldn't near they have nearly the draw that they do outside of being on Fox. So I think I think that's the difference. But both hauntingly evil. And is Nazism and white supremacy the biggest part of their platforms, or is that Yeah. Mm. I guess I'll, that's my that's my complete question. Is <laughs> is it white supremacy at the end of the day? Yeah, I think so, but I think it's also white Christian uh nationalism supremacy kind of. You know, like there's a there's there's more to it than just the white aspect, but the white aspect is definitely pretty strong. Well, yeah, no one thinks Jews are considered white. Okay, is that <laughs> what you're saying? <laughs> Not necessarily, but it, that's a part of it probably yeah, yeah i mean like if you really look at the way that a lot of these these folks uh conceive of their enemies you know it's just it's shit that's basically ripped out of the protocols of the elders of zion you know like it's all anti-semitic uh shit from history that they're using to characterize their enemies because it's really it's it's had a long history of of demonization and being effective in that way so i think i think it's impossible to the untangle 
untangle that stuff. And is Alex Jones, he loves January 6th, yeah? Mm-mm. No, okay. No. Uh, on the day, uh, the person who was filling in for him uh, on the studio was like, his name is uh, Harrison Smith. He was talking about how, like, the Capitol has fallen. The Patriots are in charge. He was, like, really excited. And then immediately everyone realized, oh, no, this is bad. We're not going to take over the government. And so they all started coming up with, like, reasons it was bad. So it's like Antifa did it. Uh, the QAnon folks were were tricked into doing it. There's all, there's all sorts of, uh, th- yeah, if it had worked, he would love it. But since it didn't, there, you have to make excuses. Yeah, and and we're just going to slowly slip into fascism, or are we going to dig our way out? I hope we can dig our way out. I, I mean, I, I'm bummed. <laughs> I think there's a lot of really bad trends we're seeing. Certainly the uh, overturning of Roe v. Wade and, like, some of these other Supreme Court decisions that have been uh, been coming have not inspired a lot of confidence. But I, I don't think it's all dark. I don't think it's all bad news. I think I think there's a lot of people who are working to to make ho- hopefully make sure we don't go all the way into fascism. But who knows? Oh man, who is more evil than Alex Jones? Like Saddam Hussein. Maybe I, I I don't know I I think that it's such you an gotta abstract do an question. evil bracket that's what Ooh. you gotta do evil <laughs> okay. bracket that would be fun that marries your two things are you like I haven't done a bracket in ten years Lisa shut the fuck up about these brackets <laughs> it's it's been a while but I've been itching to do one I'll think about the evil one but also something you might enjoy is right now I'm in the middle of something called the dreamy creamy summer. Uh, which is eating a bunch of ice cream over the course of the summer and talking about uh, what's good and what's bad. And are you doing store-bought ice cream truck, all of it? All of it. If it's if it's creamy, we're talking. We're ta- gelatos in the mix. So that, but it can't be a. It can't be like those. Um, the guys on the beach with their little refrigerator wheels with the bells. Well, no, I'd be fine with that, but maybe not something like a fruit ice or whatever. Yeah, you take like, like a strawberry cream one or something, or the coconut. The coconut that, of those are uh, always my favorite. Oh, you hate coconut. I don't hate it, no, but I'm, I'm, I don't know if it qualifies for the Dreamy Creamy so Summer. So you have to do a spoon. Like, you can get a drumstick or a Klondike, but you're, do, yeah. you're, mo- you're doing mostly ice cream. I, I mean, ice cream is certainly... Soft serve. The- yeah, that's the that's the, the 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 prototype here. But yeah, we're you know getting getting some of these Twix novelties or yeah Klondikes. Um, uh, that I had a great Klondike uh, peanut butter cone weird thing the other day. It's good. Anyway, we're go- I'm doing it from four twenty to nine eleven is the the run of the Dreamy Creamy Summer. That's also and- going to be the title of this episode. You understand. <laughs> From 420 to 911? Yes. Well, was, I was thinking, what am I going to call it? Like, because I don't want it to just, I don't want it to be like Alex Jones is our enemy. We hate Alex Jones. He hates, like, mm-hmm. do I want his name or do I, but that might get people to listen? Or do I be yeah, funny or do I highlight you instead? Or is it investigating Alex Jones or is it 420 to 911? You know? I think it's, I think it's 420 to 911. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I think, I think you nailed it. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. Um, yeah. What was the first ice cream on 420? And are you gaining weight? I am gaining a little bit of weight. I need to get a little bit more active to uh, counter this. The first one was a chip witch. I had, a, I had a chip witch. That's actually one of my controversial takes. I've never, I don't think, maybe once had a, yeah, 
Recently, I actually have uh, the Joyces. Remember Mike Joyce? Yeah, yeah. They gave me some famous um, from the Pacific Northwest ice cream sandwiches. But that's like, I like the the chocolate, like, you know, the traditional rectangle ones? What? What are you talking about? I don't like ice cream sandwiches. Oh, oh, you're talking about the ones that, yeah, 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 that are like. What uh, are you talking about? What's a chip witch? Did I fuck up? No, no, no. I just couldn't, I didn't, I couldn't mentally imagine what you were saying. But the chocolate with the rectangle, yes, I get what you're saying. I like that, but I don't like the cookie. That's never been, I've never like ordered that. It's been given to me if it's somewhere, Mm -hmm. if it's the only dessert on a menu. But like, I've never been drawn to. It's a little indulgent, for sure, when you have the the whole, here's a cat, by the way. (gasps) Oh my god. This is this is Celine, my uh, my cat. She just jumped up on my lap. The Celine la- um sing. Put in the mic here. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> she will not perform on cue. Was that her name or did you pick Celine cuz I need to know I- if you love Celine Dion? It, everyone thinks it's uh, based on Celine Dion, but because everyone thinks it is, I just say yes. That's what it is. Uh, her name was Margaret Atwood at the uh, the shelter, who's the author of The Handmaid's Tale. So that's kind of appropriate. Um, but uh, yeah, Celine, I named her after uh, Julie Delpy's character in the movie Before Sunrise. Oh my God, you're but, so complex. But Celine Dion multitudes. is the actual answer. <laughs> Um, wait, so what has been the best ice cream you've had that you can recommend to our listeners as we slowly wrap up? Wow. Great question. Great question. I'm only at like 25 so far. Um, so you're not eating it every day. Um, I might have forgotten to write down a few of them. Oh, okay. But (laughs) you're not Morgan Spurlocking this. I'm, I'm trying to not go completely nuts. I have a list here actually of some of them. Um, I think the, uh, cool house is the name of a brand, and they had a churro ice cream cone that oh I really like. I love churros. Yeah, yeah, it's got that nice cream and cinnamon. Oh, it's uh, that one's fantastic. A little overpriced. Okay, but, I uh, just had. Good. I think it was Jenny. It was like a fancy brand, but around the holidays, I um, someone gave me gingerbread. Ooh, okay. But they gave me like such a little thing in a cup, and I was like, "Wow, you guys know portion control, and this is like beautiful to watch." Like I. <laughs> Because it was just, it was enough because it was so sweet and delicious, but I would never mm. scoop such a small spoon. But um, did you say it was Jenny's? I think it was Jenny's or milk or like it was like a fancier brand, mm-hmm. I would say. In Chicago, I really like Dairy Star. It's more on Lincolnwood, it's on Lincoln Avenue. And it's mm-hmm. just like a classic little, you know, soft serve walk up sprinkle vibe and they have malls and all that but that's like that's where i grew up going and i really love it that that vibe is the best i have everyone telling me i gotta go to what is that mods candies is that the place oh that's so fun i'm so glad it's open still okay i didn't know if it had survived covid but i went there once like years ago and everyone's like you gotta go for the part of this and like get a banana split i'm like i remember it being like a dollhouse inside or something I remember it, the vibe being weird. No, it's like old school ice cream shop, kitsch, kitsch, kitsch all the way. But yeah, it's like these big ass, big ass ice cream things. There used to be another place, Zephyr's. It was like giant ass mm. ice, like mm. a giant thing. Maybe I'll like end the the whole summer on on one of those then. Wait, if it's gigantic. like a fishbowl, but of ice cream, like a 40 <laughs> scoop. 
So do you normally go for a chocolate or a vanilla candy? Like, what are you into? Because I'm like, I like strawberry cheesecake. I'm not. Mm. I'm not classic. I prefer fruitier things. Pie crust okay. pieces. A swirl of dark cherry. Sure, sure. Like a Ben and Jerry's uh, cherry Garcia cheesecake baby. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I go all over the place. I got to be honest. I, I What's the, your go-to? What, like, what's your go-to not in this challenge of experimentation in the creamy? Like, where do you go as your go-to? Or an mm. ice cream truck? Or I'm at, I'm at the Jewel. I'm at the grocery store. I'm I'm bra- I'm grabbing. You know what I I got in the habit of is I think they're like Yasso is the name of them I think and they have uh one that's like chocolate dipped and caramel so there's like little caramel pieces in the chocolate dip and it's kind of it you ever had those honeycomb candies the like uh, crunchy bars I love honeycomb that's the best. And the Yasso bars are kind of like that. They kind of have the vibe of uh, like Well, Yasso's a, a also crunchy. healthy. I think you're kind of flexing a little bit with your Greek yogurt pops. <laughs> well, I will get tricked by it saying it's healthy. Uh, I don't think it's that healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the chocolate dipped one, I guess. <laughs> no, probably if not. If you're ever overseas anybody, um, you know how they have Maltese's? You know those mm. called? Oh, they yeah. Have, those are great. They In Australia, I got them filled with honeycomb. Oh, yeah, they're like a violet or velvet crumble, I think is the name of one of those. Yeah. Yeah. The um, One of the advantages of this podcast that I do is we have listeners all over the world, and some of them will send candy. <laughs> and so uh, I've gotten a number of packages from uh, foreign lands with uh, weird candies. Oh, my God. If you're listening and you live in a place where there is <laughs> honeycomb Maltese's or any sort of honeycomb chocolate, please send them to the head gum offices. I will put it out on uh, my to my listeners as well. See if I can funnel some along to you. Yeah, next time I'm in Chicago, I think we should meet up, talk more. Where do you think you're gonna go post Alex Jones? Like, is there someone you're eyeing where you're like, I can investigate your crazy ass? I've said this before, and it sometimes comes off wrong. Like I like I like Alex or something, but like, there's no one like him. He's nuts. He can yell about nothing for an hour. He screams about the devil. He prays on air sometimes. He fakes crying. Like, no one does that. Even these other right-wing pundits that I've I've watched, like, none of them are as embarrassingly over the top as, as Alex. And so it's hard to find anybody else that, you know, would, would really scratch that itch. Um, but I also have... On my, I have an external hard drive with all of the, the episodes of his show since 2003. So I'm not going to run out of stuff to cover, but people might lose interest eventually. <sighs> this has been thrilling. I'm so proud of you and your work. And now I can't wait to see what the dep- what the decision will be. I got to say, I really enjoy when someone takes a deep exhale and then says, this has been thrilling. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll let you know. I'll keep people. I'll get to, I'll get some of these honeycombs and I'll, I'll let you know how. Was that how... weird what I just did? No, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. You know what happened to me yesterday? So there's always someone like a new, you know, I'm newer in LA. So like I have met mm. a lot of new people. So it's like, are they my friend? They're acquaintances, hopefully friends. We'll see what happens. Colleagues. Sure. And there's always one guy who's always so nice to me. Not in a sexual way. Like he has a girlfriend and stuff, but. 
friendly, friendly. And then yesterday, like not as excited to see me as normal. And I was Uh like kind of confused by that. And then when he left, he said bye to everyone, but not me. Hmm. But we're also all smoking weed, but I can't wait to see him again. Like, I don't know if it's a tr- like if I because I'm going to confront him and be like, did I do anything like you usually are nicer to me? But we'll see. <laughs> I like that. You know, it's it's entirely possible. He was just having a bad day. I asked then he him. Said he said goodbye to everybody except you. Yeah, I was like standing there that- being like ready to say bye. No, I when I saw him, I go, is everything OK? Your energy is a little different. Mm. And he's like, what are, I my am chakras smoked. are out of balance. No, I felt it immediately. I said, is everything okay? Immediately. Mm. But do you, do you notice a big difference between like the whole like vibe of uh, comedians in LA compared to be like in New York? Like, is there a hippier vibe, a more laid back vibe? Oh, it's, it's more, I don't know what exactly it is. Cause I feel like I find the people that are like, as who I like everywhere and all the comics are similar in that way. Like um, this Mm -hmm. week's episode are these girls I worked with in, um, sorry, last week's episode was um, the girls I went to Finland with uh, one's from India, one's from South Africa. We got along immediately. There is a connection Mm -hmm. with comics where like, you're gonna at least initially, hopefully like vibe. I think ever like in LA, the twist is there are people who are not stand up stand like they'll give up stand up in a second to be in a TV show or like sure like the goal is maybe money or a podcast or to be on Rogan or like there's just it's you not bu- about the jokes all <laughs> you the just time. Bummed me the fuck out. Someone's Why? goal is to be on Rogan. <laughs> It just yeah. made me sad. I know people whose goal is it to be a door, per, a new door guy at the Rogan Club in Austin. I mean, that's like a dis. That's those are discussions. Well, because they we see all have to have as, goals, I guess. Well, or they see it as a step to where I think the role models here aren't as like I just want to be good at comedy. It's like more mm-hmm. driven. But that's how New York is too, and like in Chicago, I just feel like there was no industry. So, and we were young. Yeah. It's young, like. It was just a the people joy you're to looking do it. up to are like just people who are working hard, you know, kind of. Yeah, and in New York, you know, like the pacing's different. I actually, this isn't my full opinion, but I really liked hearing it. I was listening to Whitney Cummings' podcast. I listen to her podcast a lot, mm-hmm. and it was with Sarah Sherman, Chicago's, mm-hmm. and it's been really fun. But they were talking about the Comedy Store, and Whitney Cummings was saying like when she started, it was like embarrassing if you tried like people would judge you if you tried and Mm -hmm. she was just saying like god forbid i put give these people who've paid for tickets a show um but a lot of people it's like on the notebook like what else is there what else is going on like what's in the news (laughs) there's not like this sense of like i just want to crush for these people Mm -hmm. um it's this idea but i know other people in new york who have this too but it's this like you're a bad audience. You didn't laugh. And it's like, well, what are you giving them to laugh at? <laughs> you're doing barely cooked bits on a notepad. Like expect what you like get. You give what you get. I don't know. It's like, it's different, but here it's like, people don't need multiple spots in a night, but they are. I mean, I've met the people that I think are hardworking and funny and love stand up and are passionate about it and are not, obviously we all want to be rich. Who doesn't, but like they're not as concerned with like, Hollywood but there is just like a lot of people leaning over to say their punchline but is it funny mm-hmm. I don't know I have no idea I don't well, know what, if, what I don't know if there I said anything or too much or I've been rude like I'm lucky I met great people <laughs> but obviously like yeah. 
it's it is yeah it is different while you were talking i realized that i remembered a uh enemy of uh stand-up time and that was uh the laugh factory <laughs> they were uh, good to you they were fine to me, but uh, it just did not work out well. Uh, Jamie Masada took a liking to me, and uh, he let me do a show there on Sundays, and it was yeah, it was just it was a rough experience. They shouldn't have let me do it. It was it, I. They named the show the People's Temple of Comedy. Like they should have told me no, don't do this. <laughs> this is a bad. But you got to do what the owner wants, and the owner wanted you to have a show. It's true. Oh, he actually originally wanted me to do a lumberjack themed show and like everyone had to wear a fake beard. And I told him like, you know, there are female comics who are not going to that's going to be degrading. And he was like, yeah, they can wear a pubic beard instead. I was like, no, I'm not doing this. This is not uh, that's not the show. Um, I, You know, while you're I also the vibe is different. You're, it's not as much public transit. I guess with Uber, it's changed. But like. Mm-hmm. The spontaneous let's get wasted is dragged down by like cars and parking and distance and meetings and audition and like people have jobs out here and like mm-hmm. I don't know it's like I have been lonely and sad but it's also my own doing I sat at home in New York too I don't know we're my <laughs> can't, blame the, can't blame the can't blame the city on your your tendencies someone wrote like if you hate LA that means you hate your friends and I was like touche honestly (laughs) i'm kind of a homebody for the most part and i i realize that's kind of just how i would rather be um but i i always want to blame covid for it you know i always want to be like nah it's just that but not no you're a shut-in yeah yeah (laughs) but i know it's just like i have the guilt because like i enjoy laying watching i need that i need time to Mm -hmm. like lay and do nothing if i've had like a jam-packed week i'll sit for two days but then i it's like the pit of my stomach guilt of like you're not living it's like you're not living your life to the fullest every day could be your lap what are you doing what are you doing and then it's like but also i deserve to rest and lay and Mm -hmm. do whatever the fuck i want to do and not talk to people so it's like i'm constantly grappling with um am i good or bad or do i deserve to live i don't know I have no yeah, idea. It's a, that push and pull of doing too much or doing enough, who knows? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I say take a breath, watch that episode of The Simpsons again, and uh, give yourself a break. Yeah, no, That's, I do. I do. Yeah. I might not. I'm gonna, I am I got a pool. I got a, a cabana at you, a pool tomorrow. Ooh, a Colt cabana? I, wish, I love Colt cabana so much. He's, He's been on the pod, another guest of the pod. I, I saw that. I don't know if what I said about LA people is bad or good, but it is what it is. It's my thoughts. I just feel like there's not as much of an urgency. I don't know what it is, but I'm hmm. the same everywhere I go, so it doesn't matter. Okay. So yeah, I don't know. Comedy is great. There's great comedians. Like, yeah. There's so many alti shows. There's so many spaces. I love Dynasty Typewriter. I love going up at the store. Like, I love... I just like all the shows. I like the backyard shows. I like the don't tell comedies and CrossFit gyms. Like what? They have comedy and CrossFit gyms. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds really hard to make someone laugh when they're dying. <laughs> rubbery, rubbery, rubbery. Um, after this, I'm going to the frame store and I'm going to pick up um, a professionally framed uh, somewhat one of my listeners of my other podcast. That's messed up. An SVU podcast. She painted an um, an iced tea. Ooh. And I went and got it framed. So and it's ready. 
I legitimately thought you were saying that you were going to go do a spot at the frame store. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an ulti place. What was <laughs> that open show. mic that you did that was like indoor, outdoor, window? It was like twisted. You did a, a twisted open mic, no? Um, Maybe. He did an open mic at uh, stage 773 where me and Matt Riggs sat on stage and uh, interrupted people. It was that. Um, no, it was a weird bar and it was twisted. And then you did uh, you did do McDonough's. Yeah, Ace Bar at the time. That was, that was formerly uh, McDonough's. Yeah, that was that was a, a magical time. The uh, the the comedy evening. There's a famous, uh, not famous, just David Drake really likes this, and Lane Pichelle, and maybe Jeff Steinbrenner or Matty Ryan. That group, you know, mm. uh, <laughs> that group. One time we were talking, or and someone bleep it it was it, it was uh walked over uh-huh. and i was like hey dude everything's cool but like we're really good friends talking right now so can you just give us some space and he was so defensive and pissed and i was like known as this bitch but i was like i don't know it seems like honest and normal to say that yeah it's it's a little blunt maybe but that's i i i i've always thought that was kind of part of your charm uh something <laughs> That you're you're brusque a little bit to, but it was caring. A- I was just like, we're really in the middle of like a close a conversation for close friends. Can you just like give us a moment? But it was this thing of like, you bitch, and I was like, or why? Or you're gonna ruin our conversation, and I don't really like right. that. Yeah, that's not fair to you and everybody else you're talking to. You you were really protecting your friends. That's what you were doing. It's not it's not bitchy. Yeah, or recently, yeah, I did a thing of like, oh, we're talking, yeah, whatever, who cares? Um, Tell everybody <laughs> where to find you um, um, about the show, like, t- say everything that you would like to plug. Our show is Knowledge Fight, is the name of it. I thought it was a very obvious pun on InfoWars, but uh, I've gotten a number of messages from people that it took them forever to figure out why that was the name. Um, but knowledgefight.com is our website. People can find uh, that there. Yeah, I mean, we're on Twitter and stuff, but like, I don't I don't know. I don't engage on social media much. Are you I feel reading? Like everyone, Are you reading a lot? Like books? Yeah. Or Not much. Alex Jones. I have, I have to read a lot of stuff for the show, like, you know, digging into various claims that he makes. And so that takes up a lot of my reading energy. I wish I wish I was reading more. What are you watching right now? Who I just got done watching all of Taskmaster. Okay. Uh, I watched that uh, straight through, and then YouTube recommended some like true crime stuff, and I've never really dabbled in that. And I watched a few videos, and I kind of got really weirded out by uh, that genre. So I'm, I'm not yeah. watching that. I'm I am in that genre. Um, mm-hmm. our podcast isn't more in TV film in the category than true crime, but I do research crimes all the time and I mm-hmm. understand, you know, there's been a little bit of a backlash and I get it and I get the issues with, um, entertainment based on people's tragedies, but I, I think, um, I think there's a line. There I think is. there's a line. And- I, I think, I think that it's fine to be interested in this stuff and, you know, that like crime can have some entertainment aspect to it. I, I just think when it's sensationalized, I find a lot of the YouTube channels are like they're wallowing in how grotesque some crime is. 
And that really made me feel No, weird. we usually That's- hate it. We're always like, oh, God. And then this happened. Yeah. No, but uh, the other thing I want to say about the backlash of, like, true crime, and it is usually two white women talking, but... Mm-hmm. Dateline 2020 those all existed and those are all true crime and forensic files and so it's weird when America's most wanted exactly so it's it's just strange for me when it becomes like women doing it or women talking about it it is an issue but it's not a new thing or a new interest we've all been watching I've been watching 2020 since I was a child yeah, that's a good point. That's uh, that uh, that is probably an element of the backlash. <laughs> but we try to like get involved in organizations. We raise money. We do important research. We poke holes. We talk shit about cops making huge mistakes, um, and we learn a lot about the justice system. Um, mm-hmm. But I understand also that it's. But we write to parole boards. Like we're on it. Yeah, but that's, that's we more. are. That's good. I'm reading college journals. Like I'm fucking. You're reading. <laughs> I'm reading. So I I have a New Yorker subscription. I, what is what? Washington Post? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You've changed. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Let's please hang out when I'm in Chicago. Or when you're here forever yeah, in Austin sad. or following Alex Jones together. Yeah, I was sad I missed you uh, when you were in town recently, but next time we'll definitely have to meet up. Yes, please, please, please. Aren't you obsessed with him? Wasn't that fucking awesome? And then afterwards, we like FaceTimed for a little bit longer too. True friendships. If you have ideas for guests or people you want on or different people that have changed your life or people from your past or you want to be on, give us a call, okay? Give us a call. Send us an email. Write uh, write me. DM me. I'll check it once in a while. (laughs) You know, send a letter to HeadGum. Send me a gift, bitches. No, but mostly if you just call, I'll be really happy to get some new things to give advice about. So please give us a call if you're interested. The number is 323-677-1943. Yes, that's 323-677-1943. Did it take me a second to find it? Will I ever memorize it? Absolutely not. Enjoy your week. Keep your heads up. Everything is a nightmare. Hopefully we won't be living in V for Vendetta. But if we are, I'll keep this podcast going as long as I can. (laughs) And I want to thank everyone that has housed me this week and made plans with me and given me um, friendship and conversation. Enjoy your lives. Enemies is a headgum podcast. Trish Hadley is our executive producer, engineer, and editor. Katie Moose is our supervising producer from Headgum. Me, Lisa Traeger, I am also a producer. Hello. Thank you so much, Carly Jean Andrews, for the cover art. You're incredible. Jack Krause, thank you for the theme music. I love it. Please follow me on Instagram at either at GlitterCheese or at Enemies Podcast. Tell us about your own enemies by emailing enemiesthepodcast at gmail.com or calling 323-677-1943. That was a HeadGum Podcast.